Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi. I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, hope and I have moved. We're in a completely different facility today than we were the last new Jesus I did. So we've been moving since then. I'm not going to lie to you and say it was fun, but I am going to say I'm very grateful. We're very grateful to be uh, where we are now. Absolutely beautiful. Um, we love it. So... Uh, welcome, and I hope you live in a place that, where you love or are making plans to get there. Okay, um, today, last week we talked, and for several weeks really, we've been talking about there is a positive cascade that happens and a negative cascade that can happen, depending on what we choose, okay? We always have a choice. God always gives us a way of escape, right? And love requires a choice. So we always have a choice. God has guaranteed us that in Scripture from several different angles, all right? And we've talked about the Memory Finder Protocol. And we introduced the Memory Finder Protocol the first day of the Healing Codes, 20 years ago. And ever since, okay, we've used it over and over and over. Every one of us, I've trained over 500 coaches or practitioners. Every one of them uses it. Uh, I used it, um, etc. Now, what we're going to talk about today, I pretty much only use with my private clients. And I call it the Advanced Memory Finder Protocol. That's a very boring name. I'm trying to come up with a better name. If you have one, shoot it to me, because there's got to be a better name than that, all right? But, but, the importance is, what, it, what is it and, and how can it help you, all right? To diagnose issues in a way that increases how fast they heal and to prevent relapse. Um, I came up with the Memory Finder Protocol to help get 
to the root of the issue, or at least as close to the root as you could consciously get. Because Dr. Bruce Lipton says over 90% of the problems are in our un- or subconscious, okay? So we're only dealing with about 10% of what we know, all right? But the farther you get down, the more detailed you get, the better it connects to those un- and subconscious things. But what we're going to talk about today, the reason it's been so valuable to me with my one-on-one clients is because when you do the advanced memory finder protocol, the unconscious tends to give you information that you would not have if you didn't use it. If you didn't ask those questions, might be a better way to say it. All right? I believe there's a correlation between how nature works and the principles that God made nature on and how we work. Not only our physical body, but our mind, our soul, our spirit, all of that. I believe there's a correlation, okay? Uh, and, and I believe part of the reason God made nature the way he did was to mirror the way we work. So we could look and see. And, and, and uh, my spiritual mentor taught me over 30 years ago, you can learn a profound spiritual truth from studying how a toilet works. And I laughed the first time he told me that. And then I went straight to the bathroom and used the restroom, flushed it, and just sort of... And I'm not lying. Within two or three minutes, a spiritual principle floated up in my mind that I never remember thinking about before, okay? That was really, really cool, okay? So uh, I do believe there's a correlation and that understanding nature and how God made that to work, either, either positively or negatively, can help us. Like, like, why did that plant thrive and that one shrivel up and die? Okay, you, you've probably seen some of that research. Uh, one of the most famous ones, and, and this was done decades ago, and it's been redone over and over and over, is they put a ghetto blaster. A lot of you don't even know what that is now, okay? But a, a big Bluetooth speaker, and they put acid rock on it, and a plant, you know, right in front of the speaker or ghetto blaster doing the acid rock. And just let it play 24-7. Well, you know what happened, right? The plant grows away. It's like it's trying to get away from that thing, which is the acid rock, okay? I mean, the, the speaker didn't bang the plant over the head, right? The speaker didn't cuss at the, at the plant. I mean, no, all it did was the music. And the plant is trying to get away. And then on the other side, they do the same thing. But now instead of acid rock, it's Mozart. And you probably know what happens here too. Instead of trying to get away, over time, it wraps around the speaker. Like it's trying to permanently attach to whatever this fantastic 
thing is, okay? And, and we see that and say, oh yeah, that makes sense, but we never do a correlation to me. Okay, well, what's the acid rock of my life? Or what's the Mozart I need to be seeking in my spiritual life, okay? Well, we need to be smarter than that and realize if it works that way in nature, there's a good chance there's a correlate inside of me. And by studying nature, maybe it'll give me a little more information or just by going deeper and more specific, help me fix an issue that I haven't been able to fix yet. And, and I will tell you that is a principle of healing, is the deeper you go, the more specific you get, the faster, more completely something heals, and the less chance, uh, a lesser chance of relapse as well. Okay? So that's what the advanced is, is you probably tried just focusing on your issue. And that's fine. And if you do that and get where you need to go, cool. Just do that. Then you can use the memory finder, not the advanced, but the regular. That'll take you deeper. If that does it for you, great. Don't worry about anything else. Just do that. You, get, you, you healed, okay? Uh, there's nothing beyond 100% healing and empowerment, okay? Now, it's hard to get to 100%, but anyway, if it works and you're healed, you don't need to keep focusing on that. But if you're stuck, if you're not making progress as quickly as you'd like, if you have made progress but then slid back, okay? Uh, or if you just want it to happen faster, then the advanced goes deeper than anything I know and more detailed and specific as well, all right? So that's what this is for. So what, what I put together, and, and this is not from scripture, and a lot of it's not even from science. It's just from Alex, all right? So that means if this doesn't make sense to you or whatever, just, just flush it. Just, just throw it away. Don't even worry about it, all right? This is my correlation of nature and spiritual issues. That has really helped me and a lot of my clients over the years. If it's not beneficial to you, just ignore it, all right? But it use a lot, utilizes principles like gravity, frequency, wavelength, color, amplitude uh, to try to identify all aspects, or as many as we can, of the issue. Because remember, the more detailed and specific and deeper we get, the faster, more completely, less relapse, etc. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, and again, remember, the reason I chose this logo is because to me it represents um, our life, the tree does, better than anything else. Maybe that's why God used the trees in the garden, the, the, um, the two trees, one that was forbidden, one that wasn't, tree of knowledge of good and evil and tree of life, because it, it beautifully uh, gives us a metaphor for our own life. Here's the external. It's my body, my face, whether you like me or not. Uh, ha my image, how I present to the world. All right? This is how I really am. 
my internal thoughts and feelings, my health, positive and negative ratio, um, all of that. My programming, everything. So what is up here, if my roots are right, is going to be beautiful. Love, joy, peace, etc. What's going to be up here if my roots are not good? Let's say the roots are not getting enough so uh, and enough enough uh, water or oxygen or nutrients in the soil or whatever. All right, then it's not going to be beautiful up here. But when we make the human corollary, we can force it, almost, or at least we, we can try and, and, and do pretty good at portraying an image that everything's okay, even if in here it's really not, okay? But what we want is to heal this. And if we heal the root, if we heal the source, if we heal those, dig deep and identify all the factors and, and work on them individually until we heal them so that we heal it completely instead of we healed 80% of it but we didn't even address these two factors, all right? If we do that, then we're going to heal this and, it's, and we're going to look like this to the world but without basically portraying a lie to try to present a different image than who I really feel, think, believe I am internally. Well, if you do that, we've talked about before, if this represents a whole day's worth of energy you have to do everything you need to do, having your roots and source negative, but trying to present a positive image can take 50% of your day's energy. Just the effort it takes to act like someone that you're not or you don't feel, okay? On the other hand, if we heal this and it really is beautiful, which makes this beautiful without having to try, it's automatically beautiful, we have a whole day's energy and more to do a day's worth of whatever I need to do. Get a drink. Okay, so... That's why the Advanced Memory Protocol and sort of in general what it does. Now, let's go. Everyone wants a positive life. Everyone. I've never met anyone that didn't unless they had tried and tried and tried and tried and they finally got to a place where they'd given up. I've seen a lot of people like that. I've seen people who um, uh, do negative things over and over and over and are mean to people, mean to themselves, mean to everybody, are full of anger and hate and all that sort of thing, okay? Well, guess what? They started out wanting to live a positive life. They just had so much pain and other stuff that eventually they made a choice it wasn't going to happen, so I guess I better get what I can because I'm not going to get love, joy, and peace, I don't believe, because I've tried this and this and this, and nothing's worked, all right? So, 
I feel like there's a glass ceiling over my head. I feel like my prayers aren't going anywhere. I feel like I'm sort of stuck. Or I feel like there's a whole nother level I'm, I can get to, but I'm not being able to get it there. All right? So how do I do that? How do I be who God wants me to be? All right? Um, so maybe if you're, you want to live that life, but you're not, you need to go on a quest. And, and we've talked about this before. You'll probably only have to do it once in your life. I know some of the stuff I'm asking you to do is hard and, and scary because there's a reason you don't think about that thing. It hurts to think about it. All right? And then I'm asking you to think about it. But I promise I'm only asking you to think about it long enough to fix it. That's it. And then, hopefully, never have to deal with it again versus having to keep it locked in an internal room somewhere for the next 40 years, which, again, takes a lot of my energy for my day. All right? Here's what I'm telling you today. Okay? One trauma can ruin your life. And I'm serious. One. 50% of your beliefs are about your own life are in error based on the latest research. Very well done research. The average person already leans 80% to the negative and 90% of people have a negative, positive to negative ratio growing up. We're told kids need a 10 to 1, adults need a 5 to 1, positive to negative, the research says kids get a 10 negatives to everyone positive, and adults tend to get five negatives to everyone positive. All right? So that means only 5%, those three things, the 50%, the 80%, the 90%, what that means when you calculate it all out is only 5% of people can make a significant positive decision without being pulled to the negative. 5%. And I think you could also say, and the research would support it, that only 5% of the time, meaning, meaning if I'm confronted with 20 good or bad moral immoral, right, wrong, this is best to do, this is worse to do, okay? Only one time in 20 are you going to be able to choose the positive. The other 19 times, you're going to, you're going to be pulled to the negative, okay? How does that sound? Does that sound like a great life? Not to most people. And in addition to that, in addition to only 5% of people and 5% of the time being able to make the positive decision without being pulled to the negative, in addition to that, there's a secret trauma that everyone has and no one knows it. I call it popsicle memories. We've already talked about them. But here's another big place where they come in, okay? Everyone, even if you've been to counseling for 30 years, everyone has a secret trauma 
that virtually has never been found that's, that's shifting you to the negative. Okay? Um, but this protocol, the Advanced Memory Finder, is designed to heal those underlying traumas of all types, whether a real trauma, whether a popsicle memory trauma, whether uh, it happened during the first few years of your life, which you're largely now unconscious, whether it was passed down from your ancestry, or whether it's something that happened when you were 15 and you remember it like it was yesterday. To heal all types of trauma, so you don't have to just live with them, but you can heal them even if you don't know what they are. And that's critical. Because according to Dr. Lipton from Stanford, 90% are in your subconscious. And the definition of the unconscious and subconscious is you don't know what it is. All right? So let's fix those. All right. Determine who and where you are and is there, from who and where you are, is there a way to guaranteed success? Okay? Wouldn't you rather have guaranteed success than just, well, maybe you'll be successful, maybe not. 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, even 90-10. What if you had guaranteed and my answer from Scripture is yes. There is a way to guaranteed success. And I believe this is it. And it's straight from Scripture. Number one, four things. Committed to love. Right with Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Jesus is Son of God, Yahweh. Committed to love or Jesus. And then the opposite of that, if you're not committed to love or Jesus, it's what I want. Overall and in any given time. Now, you may do some good things too, but largely your GPS is set on what I want. Seek pleasure, avoid pain. So, number one is committed to love, not what I want. Number two, an intention only for good and nothing else. An intention only for good in everything you do 24-7. Okay? Number three, to do your 100% best at whatever you do. Not 99. No, not 99. 100%. Do your 100% best at everything you do. Changing a diaper, your work. Don't just try to get by. <laughs> do your work so that the boss comes and says, hey man, what's gotten into you? This is fantastic. And then over a few months, man, I, I got to give you a raise. I can't afford to lose you. You're, you're, you're doing such great work, okay? Let that be you, all right? Don't just get by. Number four, Above everything else, prioritize relationships and invest in them daily, even if it's just 60 seconds, even if it's just a text, a post-it note, uh, a, a quick 
call, maybe they don't even answer, you leave a 10 second message, just want you to know I was thinking about you and love you. I mean, whatever. But prioritize relationships and every day, at least some, invest in relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, that is guaranteed success. That is Romans 8, okay? All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? Love. For God so loved the world, before the foundations of the world, it's love. All right. You want to argue with that? You want to say, no, it's not love. It's obedience. I don't know how you justify Paul. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's of grace. Galatians 1. Who's bewitched you into believing another gospel? They were going back to the old law, to legalism. Okay? Jesus died for this. And for this. Okay. All right. When you have an issue come up, I'd like you to start asking the question, what is this? Where did it come from? Why is it here? And is there anything I can do about it? Okay? We tend to have things come up and we just do something. Usually what we did the last time. Okay? Um, so I have, uh, uh, when I'm five years old, I have the thought that I want a candy bar. And then that goes to I don't have any money. And that goes to is there a way I can still get a candy bar. That goes to stealing the candy bar. And that goes to being guilty and miserable. All right? Okay? Well, start being more aware. Start being more uh, conscientious and conscious about the pain and suffering and negative things that come into your life. Uh, what is it? Where did it come from? Why is it here? Is there anything I can do about it? Okay? Um, and I believe the answer is yes. All right? There is something you can do about it. If you are doing it on your own, in your in selfishness, you need to give it to God and let the battle is the Lord's, not mine. All right, and we're supposed to give it to Him. All right, so that's one thing. Another thing is to pray that it be taken away. Uh, Jesus did that, and God said no. Paul did that, and God said no. Now a lot of other times he said yes. All right, so that means. I don't necessarily know what's best for me or not, so I've got to give that to God. And then if I do give it to God, and I've got cancer and it doesn't heal, or I've got anger and it doesn't heal, yes, I do believe it's fine for us to use things like we're talking about today that God put into nature. That's the only way they could work. For something good, to use what He made for good, for good. Okay? Um, all right, we've already talked about the rest of that, why we did the Memory Finder Protocol. Um, to me, the new Jesus is about taking God's Word 
as truth and by taking God at his word in an expression that we use. What do I mean by that? Uh, one of my favorite preachers, I've shared this before, uh, said one time in a sermon that the height of arrogance is to disagree with God. So if God says, I am this, if God says, I am perfect, fearfully, wonderfully made, perfect, but yet what I think and, and subsequently my behavior in my life is that I'm bad and terrible, screwed up, okay? And, and, and a lot of people, that is an inferiority or a superiority that comes from believing lies and experiencing pain, all right? But, but, in spite of what we feel, in spite of what we think, Remember, only 5% of us are really thinking the truth anyway. We need to realize that if God says something in Scripture that's contrary to what I'm thinking or feeling, it's what I'm thinking and feeling that's wrong, not Scripture. Okay? So, how do you feel? What do you think about yourself, your sin, your life? Uh, who you are as a person, all of that. And my guess is a lot of those, and they did with me, are disagreeing with God. You say I'm good, but I feel bad. You say I'm saved, but I don't feel saved. You say I'm not guilty, but I feel guilty. <laughs> you say I'm forgiven, but I feel unforgiven. Okay? Well, that's because I've got a bunch of junk in me. Now, that's never going to be perfect till heaven, but we can, we can use things God has made and make it better. And more the way God would have us be agreeing with him instead of disagreeing. No matter how you've grown up, what's happened, you always have a choice of what direction you can take and its identity, what the issue's made of, although you may not be aware that you had a choice because you're just so used to doing it that way. Okay? I, I've shared before about the word temptation, and that was a big turning point for me. If you're tempted to do something wrong or sin, it's proof that you're saved. How can that be? Because the word temptation means to be lured from one place to another. You can't be lured if you're already there. So the fact that you're tempted means you're not there. Alright? But you may not be aware that you do have a choice because you've been just doing a certain thing for so long. Or you've given up hope. Okay? Alright. In psychology and medicine, there's an expression that Everything is overdetermined. What does that mean? It means it doesn't come from one single source. It comes from a combination of elements, sources, factors, circumstances, etc. All right, so let's take a look at how God made the universe briefly, I hope. What about light and color? Okay? How did, how did God make light and color. Well, there's red, 
blue, yellow. Those are the three primary colors, all right? You may not be aware that they invented red and yellow, but, that, but for years, like decades, they couldn't figure out how to make the blue LED. They had made yellow, they had made red, but they couldn't get blue. Well, what's the big deal about that? Without blue, you can't do white, which means the only lights you can have are colored lights. Well, most of us don't use colored lights as the main lights in our house, okay? Well, so we couldn't switch to LED, which is a healthier, um, more pure light than incandescent ever was. Uh, LED is very close or, or can even be full spectrum, which is uh, roughly equivalent to the light of the sun as far as being organic and healthy. Okay, now maybe it doesn't rise to that level, but it's close. And, 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 and some that are really expensive are full spectrum and you can buy them. Okay, but they couldn't until the blue was invented. Now, once they invented the blue, what happened? Well, <laughs> we can identify 18 decillion colors. That's 18 with, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 times 3, 33. So 18 with 33 zeros is how many colors we can make now that we have blue, all right? But before blue, we couldn't do that. We didn't have all the factors that God made. We had yellow and red, but God made it where that wouldn't make white. You had to have blue, yellow, and red to make white. So no matter how hard we tried, we couldn't do it because it violated how God made nature. Then we discovered the blue, and now there's 18 decillion colors because we did it God's way and have blue. Every single one of those are made from the primary colors of red, yellow, and blue. So all 18 decillion colors of light are made by changing the percentages of red, blue, and yellow together. Okay? And I very much believe there's a spiritual internal correlate to light and color that we're going to look at in a little bit. Uh, by the way, um, Niels Finson won the Nobel Prize in 1903 for proving that light can heal illness and disease. Most people are not aware of that. You know what he did? <laughs> uh, and I believe it was in India. Uh, he would just have people lay on the ground without clothes on, on a sunny day. <laughs> Make sure they didn't get burned, and believe it or not, over time, a lot of them got better to the degree he was awarded the Nobel Prize for that. Unbelievable, huh? And then also the Nobel Prize was awarded for the blue LED, I believe that was in um, 2014, 15, something like that. Okay, but light and color, pretty amazing. Um, the periodic table that was an absolute nightmare as I flunked 
high school chemistry, all right? Uh, goodness gracious, I look at this today and it makes me a little bit dizzy with my dyslexia and, and all that. But, but, from these elements come everything you can make as far as medications and, and uh, uh, supplements and, and, you know, from these elements come almost everything that's made by man. All right? Well, how many is this? I think it's 114 or something. How many things is man-made? Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's 118 there. And then, yeah, 118. Um, has man made 118 things? No, man has made millions of things. But all of them from these building blocks. You know what's interesting, too? Um... You can change one factor, remove nickel, and it changes the whole thing. Or possibly just decrease by 5% the amount of nickel that's in the mixture, and it changes the whole thing. Put nickel in the mix before magnesium, and it changes everything. Put magnesium in before nickel, and that changes everything. So the order matters. Which ones? Of course matter. And the percentages matter. All of it. And, and, and by taking all of those variables, you can make anything or change anything. Okay? Um, <clears throat> everything is made up of combination of different elements. All colors, we already talked about that. Uh, the periodic table, food and cooking. If you take all foods and all spices, how many different dishes can be created? It's infinite. It's infinite. You change one little ingredient, right? You've, you've all had this happen. And you're sitting down at the table eating, and everybody's like, wow. Mom, what'd you do to this chicken? It is fantastic. Oh, well, Mom says, I, I was watching the TV and saw this new, new recipe, and so I went and got it, and uh, it, it had me adding some lemon to the chicken. So I thought I'd try it. You like it? Oh, goodness, it's fantastic. And then from then on, Mom makes it that way, maybe. But take the lemon away, it changes it, it's, it's infinite, okay? Um, everything is made up of some combination of something. It's, it's almost never just one thing. I'm not going to say never. It's almost never just one thing. Most people think of their problems as one thing, and they're wrong. It's usually overdetermined, too. It's usually made up of more, of more, it's usually made up of a combination rather than one thing as well. And I think it's helpful, especially if you're stuck or the problem's more serious, to think of it that way. The more specific you get, the faster it heals, the more completely it heals, the less chance of relapse. Okay? Is there a combination of elements 
that make up your problem? And if so, what they are, what are they, and how important are those to your practical day-to-day, everyday life? And my next question to you to answer that, to help answer that, is what are your buttons? You've heard that expression, right? Ah, uh, he just got his button pushed. He'll be okay. Oh, I'm okay. Just, 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 I need some space. I need a minute. That really punched my button. Um, that's, that's become part, a figure of speech that's part of our day-to-day vernacular, like, like bandwidth, okay? Uh, how many of us before computers said, hey, do you have enough bandwidth to do this for me? No, no one ever said that. I, I mean, if, you, if somebody said that, what are you talking about? Bandwidth? I mean, unless maybe you were a, a physicist or an engineer, you wouldn't even know what they were talking about. Today, it's instant. You know immediately what that means, right? Well, this one as well. What are your buttons? What gets you off track? What, what makes you negative? What causes you to go to a negative habit or addiction? What, what, what is your intention in life? What, what, what do you want? What do you fear? What do you love? What, okay, what are your buttons? All right. Alex's, no one else's. I'm not saying God, I'm not saying even research. Alex's, underlying elements of the human condition. All right? Just see what you think. If it's helpful, great. If not, then just act like you never even heard it. All right? Number one, your intention. That's your GPS. What's the intention of your heart about your issue and why you want it to heal? Okay? So it's your intention. Remember those four things for guaranteed success? I believe number two was an intention for good only. Is that your intention? Or is your intention for what I want? Gravity. The way you lean. Okay? Um, Gravity is a magnetic energy pull from below ground level, okay? All right, we all know that, all right? But in spirituality, and maybe overlapping to mental, soul being conscious mind, will, and emotions, um, spirit being the underlying, unconscious, subconscious, ancestral, etc. Which way do you lean? To the positive or the negative? Overall in your life and about each particular issue. Because you could be positive about one but negative about another. And remember, we've already seen the research where on average, 80% of us lean to the negative rather than the positive. It's part of our survival instinct. So, which way do you lean? Now, that can be changed. You can, you can be leaning to the negative, 
and get to a place where you're leaning to the positive. I believe that's what's happened in my life, Hope's life, life of a lot of my clients, um, and I believe it can be yours too, all right? But where is it now? And you, can, and you can do that about overall, but I would also do it about your top two or three issues, all right? And also your intention overall and your top two or three issues. All right, the next one, amplitude. Amplitude is power. Amplitude is, um, uh, everything is a wave. Everything is a frequency, a color, and a wavelength, okay? On the wave, the amplitude is how big is the wave. That means how much power or energy is, is there in it, okay? The power of something, how big a deal is it? So maybe you've got an anger issue, all right? Well, how big is the anger? What does that mean? It means when you get angry, how angry do you get? Do you get... Uh, on a zero to ten, ten being maximum anger, zero being none, do you, are you a three or are you an eight? All right? If you're an eight, that's big amplitude, big power. Three, not so much. Maybe low amplitude, low power, which may mean your anger's not as big of a problem unless it happens all the time which is wavelength. Now, the spiritual correlate for, for power and amplitude is empathy. Okay? Empathy, by definition, is a measure of love. It's a measure of how much you love. And it is a choice to experience the pain and, when they happen, joys, of another person, to share them, okay? So, if they're in pain, I'm going to empathize, close my eyes, imagine what they're going through, imagine how I would feel if I was in that situation, do it in detail. The more detail I do that and pray about it, and the longer I, de I detail it and pray about it, typically, the more empathy I have for that person. Okay? And also reminding myself of, of what Scripture says about loving others. Alright? And, and that Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love God, love others. If you've done that, you've done the whole law. The whole law is summed up in that. Alright? So, empathy is the spiritual correlate for amplitude. So, so that means empathy is the power. Once I fully empathize with Hope in her situation, now I feel the power to go do something, to help her, to love her, all right? Wavelength is, back to the wave again, amplitude is how high the wave is, which is how much power it has. Wavelength is how far the waves apart. And that determines how quickly the repetition is, okay? So that's the distance from one spot on one wave to the exact same spot on the next wave. So wavelength is 
how often does it occur and the action that amplitude determines. Well, no, no, the intention determines, okay? The action that intention determines based on where I'm headed, but also based on the way I lean and how much power I have. Now, I can have a nine of uh, anger, and man, that is powerful anger. Now, that's not empathy. That's, that's maybe the opposite of empathy, selfishness, but it's still extremely powerful anger and almost impossible for me to control with just my willpower. All right? Wavelength is, is not the power. It's, man, when I get angry, it's not a lot. It's like at a three, but I get angry every day. The, 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 the action, the frequency, uh, the, the, how often it occurs is every day. So it is a big deal. Even though, even though the, the power of it, of that anger, is maybe a 3 out of 10, so that's not a big deal. But the wavelength happening every day means it is a big deal. But if I'm going to work on it to heal it, would I focus more on the power, the anger at an 8 out of 10? Or would I focus more on it happening every day? I'd focus more on it happening every day because that one's a bigger deal. That's an 8 out of 10. The anger itself, when I, when I do get angry, is only a 3 out of 10. And the chances are pretty good that if I work on the wavelength, which is the submission... Submit one to another, right? That's the key. The key is relationships. And the key to relationship is empathy and submission. Empathy is putting yourself in their shoes, feeling their pain. Submission is, I'm going to act on what you want or need equal or even above what I want or need. That's the action, the loving action. Now, if I have this anger that maybe the, uh, it's only a 3 out of 10, but it happens every day, all right? Well, the anger doesn't submit. The anger either fights, freezes, or flees. Okay? So, now that's, now that's the stress response. That's fight or flight, okay? You could also have something other than just fight, freeze, or flee that, that is also negative. But it's not just the fear response. It's you choosing the negative because you're angry. So vengeance, you know, a sarcastic remark or not doing a chore or saying something bad about someone behind their back or whatever, all right? And then we got two more. So we've got... Uh, intention, gravity, amplitude, wavelength, pure frequency, and color. All right? So please don't get lost here. All right? And it's easy to do. The amplitude spiritually is, is empathy. The power is either empathy or selfishness. That's what drives the behavior. The wavelength is the behavior. 
So it's either submission, which is what love does, submit one to another, even when it talks about husbands and wives. It says, the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ was the head of the church and gave himself for the church, and that's how I'm to be the head of my family. Not by dominance, by submission. To God in love, and then to my family in love. And then to you who's, who are not maybe in my earthly DNA or, or, or uh, uh, family of origin, but you're just somebody that I meet that is out there in the world, I'm supposed to exercise empathy toward you and submit to you as well. If I really am lit, I'm going to act in a relationship toward you in love rather than selfishness, okay? So, um, critical, critical. And your intention is where you set the GPS, either for what I want, when I want, or love, okay? Seek pleasure, avoid pain, or love, all right? All right. Uh, next one, pure frequency. To me, pure frequency, which is in hertz, has a corollary to your internal worth spiritually in your heart. Color, which is also frequency, it has... To me, that's the corollary that relates more to your physical and external circumstances as your identity. So there's two parts of that identity. First part, I would say, is a correlation to pure frequency in nature, and it's your internal spiritual worth and value and identity. And then the other half your physical and external circumstances and how those relate to your identity and worth, okay? So, if you have a negative identity and worth, is it more internal spiritual or is it more external circumstantial, okay? Well, whichever one is the worst, I would focus on that at least first. And there's a good chance if you fix that, the other one's going to get better and may go away altogether. Just like we were talking about before, that if you have an anger issue and it's, on, and it's only maybe, the power of that is only maybe a three, but the occurrence is every day, so it is a big deal, but not because it's so bad, because it just happens so often. Okay? Well, the pure frequency is your spiritual heart, identity, and worth, color, your, your appearance, physical, and circumstances. Do I have enough money? Do, am I living in the house I want, the car I want? Um, am I able to take it easy every day? Do I have food and drink? And can I go on vacation sometimes? And do I have my circumstances arranged? so that I can do what I want and not have to do what I don't want. As opposed 
to your will be done. Not before Jesus' death. His circumstances are not so great, right? Father, if there's any way we can do this another way, evidently the Father said no, because right after that, your will be done. Not mine. Abraham was told to kill his only son. Okay? I think I would have a little argument with that one. He goes to do it. He's about to do it. God, no. Circumstances was Abraham being told to kill his son. Abraham's internal circumstances which are here where he was right with God, right with others. And so even though it was agonizing and horribly painful, his action, wavelength submission, was to submit to God and go kill his son. Of course, God, I don't believe, ever had intention of him killing his son. That was something Abraham needed. And I, I don't even say I know why. Okay. So what I, would, what I would recommend is take a look at each of these when it comes to your problem. Rate each from minus 10 to plus 10 and then work on the lowest score. Keep working until it's no longer the lowest and then go to the next one. Or do it until it's done. Until it's gone from minus 8 to plus 7 all right, I'm done with that. Now, now let me go, okay, I need to work on amplitude now. That anger that was at a three is now at about a one and a half, but I still get angry, so all right, now let me work on it. All right? So, hope that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, by the way, I was very up in the air about whether to share the, you know, the, the nature things and my correlation because it's my correlation and I know it might be wrong. I, I don't believe it is or I wouldn't say it, but it could be. So know that. I apologize in advance. Okay, now let me pause here a minute because this is your takeaway worksheet. All right? Uh, we're going to post this so that you can download it, make as many copies as you want. And this is the worksheet you use to drill down and identify your issue taken apart with all the components and then finding which one's lowest, working on that, and then, the, and then when that's better, the next one, or, or working on one until it's completely better, then going to the component that's now lowest or whichever way you want to do that. But let me be really, try to be really clear on how to do that. So, intention. I, if I were you, I would rate your just overall general life intention on an average day. Okay? A day where nothing great happens, nothing bad happens, an average day. Now, if an average day is negative, then yeah, bring that negativity into your rating. But an average day, don't pick a great day, don't pick a terrible day. Okay, now, and, and get that number, all right? Then after you get that number, 
look specifically at whatever issue you're working on. A health issue, cancer, diabetes, whatever, anxiety, stress, a relationship, finances, doesn't matter, animal, vegetable, mineral. Take a look at the specific issue that you want to work on and ask yourself, okay, my intention about this issue, is it an intention for good only, which would be like a plus 10? Is it an intention for me getting my way no matter what? That would be like a minus 10. Chances are it's somewhere in between. Okay? So if the intention has negative in it, like I'm not okay if that happens, so I've got to keep that from happening. And I'm really going to try to make this happen. I'm okay. Those are intentions, but you gotta you gotta understand. There's a love-based intention, and there's a selfishness, seek pleasure, avoid pain. What I want, even if it hurts you or you don't get what you want, intention. All right. So then, about the specific thing you're going to work on. What is that minus 10 to plus 10 uh, gut level rating for that? And I would put both of them on here. And maybe put G for general. And then whatever your specific issue is, I would just write the first name. Uh, uh, an initial, you might actually forget what it is. All right? So I would at least put the first name. And then whatever that is, minus 10 to plus 10. All right? Uh, and that is basically, as we've been discussing, are you committed to love? Are you, are you right with God and committed to Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or is your intention me? Get more pleasure, less pain, try to get my life based on what I want. Okay? Alright? Self-interest, selfishness, however you want to look at that. So I would rate both of them. Alright. Then, grab it, and this one is all by itself. That is the thing to rate all by itself. You're going to see what I mean by that, because these two go together, and these two go together, and these are two that go together. But the first two, they're on their own. Second one, gravity. Which way do you lean? To the negative, to the positive. Again, an average day, minus 10 to plus 10. Then, whatever issue you're working on, acid reflux, um, uh, depression, your work, whatever. Are you, do, you, are you, do you lean toward the negative? Do you the positive? Are you at zero, right smack, neutral in the middle? You don't lean either way. It's just when something occurs, then you either go one way or another. But when the thing occurs, do you tend to go more to the negative or the positive? Remember, 80%, based on the research, naturally go lean to the negative. All right? And then the specific issue and the rating for that, on which way you lean, positive or negative. And you're going to want to track this because chances are you're going to start out at somewhere maybe close to 80% negative, like most people, which would be a minus 8. All right? But then as you work on yourself and do the interventions we've talked about, pray, ask God to heal it, make it better, uh, make it in line with His promises of Scripture, etc., 
okay, it's gonna, it's gonna improve. So it may go minus eight to minus six to minus four to minus two, and it really helps you in the healing process to see the positive change happening, uh, not just what you feel inside, but numbers on a page. Okay, we're used to that, all right? We, we like numbers on a page. If it's in the newspaper, it's gotta be true, right? If it's written down in black and white, well, uh, do the general and the specific. All right, now, the rest of them are two that go together, and there's three of those. The first one, amplitude, which is the power, and the power of love is empathy. Putting yourself in the other person's shoes until you feel a positivity. You know what? If I were in that situation, I might have done the same thing. I might have done a lot worse in that situation, okay? Whatever. The, it's a measure of love. So the power of love is empathy. But the power of other things, if in other words, if you're... If you are not choosing love, if your intention, that, that was number one of the four things, right? And uh, that you're, no, I'm sorry, it was number two. Number one is committed to love and right with God and Jesus. Number two is an intention for good only. All right? So um, the power or amplitude of love is empathy. The power or amplitude of fear, stress, and anxiety, on the other hand, <laughs> is not empathy. It's taking care of me and making sure my needs are all met. Even and, and if my needs are all met, that my pleasures are now all met. Okay? So, rate the power of it. Alright? Um, how big a deal is it? How powerful is it when it happens, all right? And again, the power of love is empathy, the power of fear, anxiety, stress, and the negative cascade, all right? And then down here on empathy, I would rate that as well. Do you choose to feel that person's pain and love them, okay? Or is, do you have no empathy? So that's a, so the empathy for you about that person would be a minus 10, maybe. Okay? All right. Well, put that down. Minus 10. That means you need to do some big-time uh, empathy work. Imagining yourself in their situation. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. What could be the positive rather than just me trying to focus on the negative. Is there, is there some variable I don't know about that would change everything if I knew about it, all right? So, so this one is, which power are you using? The power of love or the power of, uh, of, of anxiety, stress, and um, what I want, when I want, seek pleasure, avoid pain, all right? And by the way, that does have power. It's just a negative power. It'll, it'll create cancer, or anxiety, or depression, or stress, or allergies, or acid reflux, as it did with me, or something. So those two go together. The power is either empathy, or a fear-based 
Anxiety, fear, sadness, rejection, anger, irritation, frustration, low self-worth, uh, unhealthy control instead of faith and trust, inferiority or superiority, and a lack of healthy self-control. Okay? So let's move down. So, so write both of those. What, how, what is the power, minus 10 to plus 10, and then which power? Empathy or the fear-based opposite of empathy? Next, next two. Wavelength is the action and how often the action occurs. So if it was my acid reflux, that would have been every day. So the wavelength on my acid reflux would have been, of how often it occurs, would have been minus seven probably. It occurred every day. Not all day long every day, but pretty much every day, okay? And then the power of the acid reflux was fear, I'm gonna get cancer, this is horrible, okay? So my, so it had big power and it was not empathy, it was fear and the things that come from fear, all right? So then the next one, wavelength is the action, how often it occurs, and submission is the action that love chooses. Submit yourself one to another. If, if you're not choosing love and don't lean to love, then very likely the for you, it's not going to be submission. It's going to be, I want, I'm the head of the house. I'm going to the one that's going to say what happens. I want you to do this for me, but I'm not really maybe all that interested in doing a lot of things for other people unless it gets me something. And then it's manipulation, all right? So how often does it occur? Whether it's anger, uh, your fear of cancer, uh, the pain from cancer, relationship blow-ups. What is the action, okay? And how often, so wavelength is how often? Minus 10 to plus 10. This one is either submission, which is the love-based, or I refuse to submit. I am the one in charge, and this is what we're going to do, all right? That is the submission or the fear-based um, opposite of submission down the negative cascade. And then the last pair is the pure frequency is your internal spiritual identity, pretty much. How do you feel you are as a person? Are you a good person, bad person? Do you measure up? Do you not? All right. Um, that's the rating there, and I would do that in general and for the specific issue you're working on. Uh, and I don't think I said that. I would do these in general rating and for the specific issue as well, and track them both as you do the intervention. So the pure frequency is your internal identity worth, mainly spiritual, but overlapping some to mental. Uh, soul is conscious mind, will, emotions, um, uh, uh, unconscious, subconscious, and generational, typically what scripture calls the heart, spiritual heart, Solomon called it, all right? And then color, 
which is the other half of this pair, is your physical and external, your, your identity root, that is rooted in your physical, which means appearance as well as internal health, image, how other people see me, and your current circumstances. Do I like my house or do I want that house? Do I like my car or do I want that car? Um, am I having trouble at work and so I'm upset about that and feel stress and anxiety? Whatever. So these two together form your identity. One internal, mainly spiritual, but some mental. The other one, mainly physical, external, with some overlap in mental. All right? So I would write each of those for the general and the specific. Then you do the, after you have all that, and don't ever throw that away, put it in a file so you can track your progress, and then even 10, 20 years later, you can look back and say, Goodness gracious, look, look, look where I was on uh, all of mine were negative, and now they're, they're plus six, plus seven, plus eight, and, and I don't even recognize that as being me almost, the way I used to be, the way I used to feel, the way I used to act, and why I did what I did, all right? Uh, it'll become something that it makes you feel grateful and happy and joyful that you've taken your life from from low to high, all right? And um, typically, over a much shorter period of time than either medications or counseling and therapy. And, and we have the double-blind studies to prove that it works significantly um, for most people. 11 double-blind studies, university, uh, randomized, controlled, all that, published in peer-reviewed journals, all 11 saying that our interventions work not only consistently, but in most cases, dramatically, in a way the literature says can't happen. So, I would make a bunch of copies of this and just use them as you need them. And, um, but, I know it may seem a little bit arbitrary to introduce things, like gravity, amplitude, wavelength, when we're talking about the issues of the heart and scripture and Jesus, okay? But to me, true science always is in harmony with scripture. Now, not pseudoscience and not science done just for money that sometimes is falsified, and we see that more and more, or as so many drugs are recalled, all right? Um... But anyway, a, a, a free, natural, organic, uh, I believe, biblically based, maybe more than any other kind of healing. Uh, you, you may not believe that till you read our document, uh, The Scriptural Underpinnings of the Healing Codes. You can download that on our website. We'll try to post it on this site on YouTube as well. All right? Uh, take a look at that. But here's one, two, three for five issues that show you, okay, what is my, how have I set my life GPS and for every individual issue, which way do I tend to lean and I wonder why and can I change that? 
How much power do I have? And is the power in things that are love-based or things that are fear and stress-based? Uh, am I showing the power that comes from love and points the way back to love? The measure of love, empathy, or is my power for anger or rejection or low self-worth or superiority, being arrogant and that sort of thing, okay? And then this one, how often do your problems happen and what is your action when they do? If it's not, if the action is not love-based, if it's fight or flight, it's going to be fight, flee, or freeze. But if it's not fight or flight, it could be something other than this, but still negative, meaning I am not going to submit I'm going to do whatever I have to do, argue, uh, yell and scream, lie, cheat, whatever, to get my way. Okay? Or if it's fight or flight, fight, flees, freeze, flee. Love, the action is submission. I choose what you want. Now, that doesn't mean you always do, but... You know, when you can and when it's good, all right? Win-win-win uh, for everybody concerned. And then these two are so critical because you're, as your identity goes, everything goes, okay? So, is your identity in harmony with yourself? So, is your internal spiritual identity the same as your physical and external circumstance identity? With most people, it's not. Most people, their internal identity is negative, but they're trying to portray a positive image. Okay, well, that takes up a ton of your energy, and something, if you keep going that way long enough, something's going to break. You break at your weakest link first, and then when one thing breaks, it's much more likely a second one will, then a third, then a fourth, then a fifth, and so on and so forth, until you end up down the road with big problems wondering, how did I get here and why didn't I do something way back yonder before this got bad? All right, now if it's already bad, we believe we can help you get out of that too, but even better if you're not there yet and you can do this preventatively, which is exactly what I would recommend. At least uh, a little bit a day, that's it, that's it, okay. So I hope that makes sense. Print this out, play with it, at, uh, send your questions in. We'll answer them. Uh, and uh, I hope this blesses you as it has me and the clients that I've used it with over the years. If it doesn't, if you're getting confused and all, but wait a minute, gravity, amplitude, wait, I, this sounds like science class. That, that, okay, just forget it. Just don't go there. This is extra, bonus, not a have to. But if you're wanting to do this, put it on the line, all right? Now, you can put your overall on the line. You can put every one of those on the line. Where's my empathy about this? That means the power. I don't feel much power. I feel pretty weak, all right? Maybe that's a one or two. How weak? Ah, one or two. All right, cool. Then that's negative one or two. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it'd be negative eight or nine if it's a negative. Um, what about 
Um, empathy. You know, I feel like I am empathizing. I, I can really feel their pain. All right, how much? Oh, plus five, plus six. All right, plot empathy there. All right, and then plot them all and see. All right, what's the lowest? Let me start on that. When I'm done, uh, and by start on it, I, I've told y'all over and over and over. When people ask me, what is the most healing thing? Number one through ten is prayer. Maybe the healing codes or trilogy or the Revelation 1 meditation or the Alpha Inducer or um, one of these six or eight interventions that I've given you to work on these things, okay? Um, that's what I'm talking about, all right? But I would always give God a chance to work first, all right? How long do you give God a as long as, I don't know. It, I, I think it's different for everyone, all right? But, but, I do believe it's not just saying I'm giving up on God. I'm turning to things God has put in nature for me and for me to use for good purposes, all right? So it's not like I wait a week for God to do something, and if he doesn't, I say I'm turning to Satan. No, 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 no. It's ridiculous. No, I I'm turning to another good way to deal with this, which is things God built into nature. You know, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Um, God made energy because God made everything, and energy exists, all right? And he said, when you use what he's made for good, for good purposes, giving God credit and gratitude, you sanctify it, which means to make it clean and right. All right? So I would plot those, work on your lowest, and keep revising it as it changes. All right? Okay, everything in nature has a frequency. Frequency of color goes from 430 trillion hertz to 750 trillion hertz. Um, 430 is red, 750 is violet. Audio frequencies go from 20 to 20,000 hertz. Okay? And just reiterating what we said a couple of slides ago, I believe that pure frequency is more tied to our internal spiritual identity of what makes us who we are, while the color is more tied to physical and external circumstances. And that's just my correlation, okay? Uh, we tend to automatically assign blame to our external circumstances rather than the internal spiritual, which means we're misinterpreting the source of the problem. Well, what happens when you misinterpret the source of the problem? You work on the, on the wrong thing. And because it never works, you eventually give up and go into a vicious cycle of habits and addictions, seek pleasure, and avoid pain. But that's usually after you try, 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 and you can't get there. Well, I believe either it wasn't time yet for God, or you're well on the way to a good, positive outcome, 
you're just quitting before you get there. Okay? First John 4.18, perfect love drives out fear. So, we don't have to be as concerned about getting rid of the negative internally as we do about just understanding, believing, and committing to, with our intention, the love-based, scriptural, and positive, God's will. Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and heart, Romans 12. There is, a, in my opinion, a secret critical factor that the data for your choices is based on. Only most people don't know it. <clears throat> Things like Tylenol and Advil have a very specific set of ingredients, right? If you take away or add any ingredient, you may have changed what was helpful to unhelpful or possibly even life-threatening by changing one very small ingredient, okay? Kind of like a lie that's 99.9% .9 true. That's the best lie there is, okay? The best lie is almost all true, right? And it's also the most dangerous because it's the one most likely for us to believe and live. All right. So, let's take a deeper dive on intention. God judges the intentions of the heart. Scripture says, this is what you're going to be judged on. The picture in Scripture on Judgment Day, from Scripture, says that God will separate the sheep from the goats. And He will say, come in, those... Uh, because when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a prisoner, you came and visited me. When I... And it says that we will say, Lord, when did I see you? When did I go visit you? When did I give you? And he'll say, when you did it to the least of these. Well, to me, what that passage is really talking about is God is judging our intention while we were living here on earth, specifically as it relates to the needs and best interests of other people rather than ourselves, and, and if our intention is for the good of other people, you know, love God, love others, then God's going to say, come in. If our intention was completely selfish, for what I want, when I want, seek pleasure and avoid pain, ooh, that makes me nervous based on what Scripture says about Judgment Day. Okay? So you can decide that. That's between you and God. But just know, intention to God is way up there. It's causal. Okay? Not a symptom. What determines the choice? that determines intention, that determines everything else. To me, this is one of the greatest secrets there is in all of the history of humanity. And let me, let me, let me read the first one again. Let, let me read the preface again. What, what is it that determines the choice? We always have a choice. There's always a way of escape. 
and the choice determines our intention, or intention determines the choice, which determines everything else. What's everything else? Your brain state, your hormones, your immune system, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions and behaviors, virtually everything. Okay? Romans 1 basically says your conscience is the law God has written on your heart. I call it your love compass. Why is that important? Because the secret hidden variable that determines choice, I believe, and again, this is just Alex, is humility and conscience. C.S. Lewis, in his published writings, says that humility is the number one thing Satan fears. In the screw tape letters, Satan is talking to one of his demons, giving him instructions on how to mess up a person's life. And he says at one point, no matter what happens, never let them develop humility or they'll be lost to us. There's nothing we can do if they develop humility. All right? So, humility and conscience, I believe, are the hidden variables that determine choice, which determines intention, which is what God judges and what will be judged on maybe at Judgment Day. Okay? Humility determines if I will yield my will or insist on it. Yield to what? To God's will. Jesus, not for his death, not my will, but yours. Even Jesus yielded his will and intention, all right? So Jesus' intention was not to not go through the crucifixion, okay? You ever think about that? Jesus begged for God to come up with another way. He was terrified, sweating drops of blood, but I do not believe his intention was to not have to go through that pain. He didn't want to go through the pain. That's what, that was his desire. I don't think it was his intention. I think his intention was to do the will of his Father. What's yours? So humility determines if I will yield my will to God or insist on it. What determines humility versus inferiority, superiority. It's love versus fear, truth versus a lie. It's our programming. And then out of our programming, we have a leaning. And then out of that leaning, when the circumstance comes up, we make a choice. But it's a lot harder to make the love choice if we're at minus eight, nine, or 10 on the internal positivity to negativity scale, love to fear scale, all right? Um, if we're filled up with lies, we'll tend to choose our will because we're full of lies. Well, what's a lie, what does that mean? Well, what's a lie detector test? A lie detector test is a stress test. A stress test is a lie detector test. Lies create stress. Stress comes from lies. Stress creates more lies. Lies create more stress. It's a symbiotic 
relationship, okay? Uh, so if you're filled up with lies, you're going to tend to choose selfish. Seek pleasure, avoid pain, what I want, when I want. The research says 40% of everyone has been physically or non-physically abused. And of the 60% that haven't, over 90% of them have a negative positive to negative ratio growing up. That 10 to 1 thing or 5 to 1 thing as an adult. So the 60% of people who haven't been abused in any way have, still have negative programming that causes them to not have emotional well-being as an adult. Okay? The math says 95% of us have too much fear to be able to consistently choose humility consistently. 95% of us have too much fear and stress to be able to choose humility. So it's either superiority or inferiority. And either one of them takes us to the negative cascade and the pain, pleasure, what I want, when I want, vicious cycle of habits and addictions over and over and over. Okay? Um, 5% have an easier time choosing humility which is simply to believe the truth about me. That I'm not better, I'm not worse, I'm just as good. That's the truth. Okay, so with these two factors, where are you? Are you living by your conscience or violating it? Are you living by your conscience in general? but on one specific area you're violating it? Well, why? And fix that. Are you not living by your conscience in general with everything, but with your child you are? I see that sometimes. Even people who, I, 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 you might say, don't have a roadmap for love may still love their kids. Okay? Um, but I believe we all need more than that, okay? Now, if, if that's all I can get, okay, that's good. And I love my kids, and I'm never going to not love them. There's nothing they can, make, they can do to make me love them any less, all right? But I need to love everyone, including myself, if I want to have the best life I can. So to use the Advanced Memory Finder Protocol, Okay? Take all of those things in nature and the spiritual correlates, rate them minus 10 to plus 10, plot them on the line, but don't forget to also plot humility and conscience. Because if they're in the negative, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to choose the positive which is, I believe, why you're probably here. It's why I'm here, why most of my clients have come to me over the years, etc. Well, this is the secret 
that I've seen not only person after person, but therapist after therapist, coach after coach, overlook. Okay? So, I would take a look at all of them. Amplitude, wavelength, frequency, color, submission, empathy, internal identity, external circumstantial identity, but also humility and conscience. Okay? Plot them on the line, work on them till they're better, then go on to the next thing. All right? Um, but, as opposed to just saying, okay, I've got an anger issue, I'm going to work on the anger issue. All right, that's cool. But doing it this way, digging way down, finding all the separate variables, working on the one that's the worst, which will heal way faster than trying to work on all of them at the same time, then the next one, then the next one, um, usually gets people unstuck. It usually creates more complete healing and people typically don't relapse. If they dig deep, get all the variables, and resolve it all. Alright? Um, doesn't mean you won't have pain. There's no path with no pain. Alright? And there shouldn't be. That's, that's James 1. Count it all joy. That passage that all of us don't like, especially early, earlier in life. But what does it say? Count it all joy because if you'll do it giving it to God, which is what he said to do, the battle is the Lord's, okay? And that's that 2 Corinthians passage where if you turn and give it to him immediately, then Jesus comes to the forefront, takes the steering wheel of my life, and his life manifests in my physical body, all right? Well, that's what we want, man. <laughs> that's awesome. I want Jesus in every cell, every organ, every system, every bone of my body and him at the steering wheel of my life. Well, I can't get there without humility and violating my conscience as it tries to lead and guide me. And the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, so... Determine what these things are for you, maybe overall in general in your life, as well as for any specific problem. This is kind of taking the problem and breaking it apart into all its component elements where they're much easier to deal with and go away faster. All together, that problem's much stronger than when you pull it apart, okay? Uh, and that's true in almost everything in the universe, too. That's also a spiritual, natural corollary, all right? That things are weaker when you pull them to their individual ingredients to deal with or change. Uh, if it's already all together, how are you going to change that recipe? How are you going to change that, that cake batter when it's already mixed? But when, it's, but when it's not mixed and it's just on the counter in all the separate ingredients, it's simple to change. Well, what we're doing is we're taking the cake batter that's already mixed, your problem, but then we're taking it apart again to all the ingredients. And then we're going to say, ah, I don't want that ingredient. I want to get rid of that one and put in a positive one here, like my mom and her lemon chicken. 
Only I want joy instead of sadness, or safety instead of rejection, or forgiveness instead of unforgiveness, or to believe the truth about myself instead of an inferior or superior lie. Okay? So, I know this has been long and may have confused the heck out of you, and I may not have even should taught this, all right, because of that. But I've had so many clients that felt like I'm stuck. It's never going to happen for me. I've been doing the codes for a year. Or I've been doing them for six months or whatever. And I'm, I've made some progress, but I just don't seem to be getting there. Or I felt better for a month, but now I'm feeling worse again. Very often, this is the solution. All right? So give it a try. If it works, great. If it doesn't, uh, disregard. But uh, thank you so much for your time. And have a... Oh, by the way, give me your feedback. And have a wonderful, blessed day. God loves you. And so do I.